This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-630-6720. That's 800-630-6720. The Morning Blaze, joined by Jay Severin, heard in the afternoon here on the Blaze Radio Network, with post-analysis coverage and mockery of the debate. And Jay, right off, let me just say, I was very happy that um, within the first couple of minutes that uh, Ben Carson was able to invoke Ronald Reagan's name, that he got that (laughs) out of the way early so he could get all the Reagan references out right away and just uh, then continue. Because you know it was coming, so you just got to get those out right there. I join you, and I was equally uh, a tie. Uh, I'm hearing about a half-second delay on my end. Uh, I, I, I join you in that, Doc and Skip, and uh, thanks, Ty. I, I join you in that, and I'm I'm equally grateful that someone did the public service of awakening Dr. Carson, as is so often <laughs> required, uh, uh-huh. in order to get him started at the beginning of the debate. Yes. Uh, also, apparently, Jay, uh, Chris Christie was a federal prosecutor uh, during 9-11. I, I had no idea. Yeah. He was I mean, if, if only that had been information we had heard about maybe a little earlier in the campaign or in one of the previous debates, that may uh, have been something that people uh, would have really cared uh, about. Uh, That's some experience he can really hold on to. Uh, Skip, I, pretty- I was following your tweets as well as Doc's, and I saw that, you know, hours ago. And I must say, I made a mental note, and there's... There's really no room up there. There's very little. There's very little Let's say a mental post it. Mental post it. Easily able to fall Such off. notes as I could make. I, I noted that it's a funny thing. That's very much a regional thing, almost like Trump is, but not quite. If you grew up, if you're a creature of the New York metro area, you did know about Christie. You know, before <laughs> the, no, truly, right, you know, right, this yeah, year, yeah. last year, the year mm-hmm. before he, he was, he was a federal prosecutor. And I'm not saying that anyone's going to use his name in the same sentence as Oliver Wendell Holmes or, or Rudy Giuliani, you know, as a federal prosecutor, but yeah, you know, and if, and, and I think, as I say, that's sort of a geographic uh, bias in a way of knowledge. Well, yeah, they, they, I bring this up because Chris Christie actually this this is hilarious to me. He brings that up and he makes a good point, as I just pointed out. Uh, ben Carson, of course, you're going to bring up Ronald Reagan's people. Bring up Ronald Reagan and and uh, Chris Christie. He's going to mention he was a federal prosecutor and there was Nara nine eleven. These same things. Yet he attacked Marco Rubio for using these same talking points, which he was right on. I was like, right. yes, no. you're right. You, they got into this exchange. To which Rubio immediately responded by doing exactly what Christie accused him of. <laughs> How dare you say that I speak only in sound bites and end everything with a, a practiced rhetorical uh, bon mot. You know, America, love it or leave it. <laughs> it was funny because Rubio said a statement. And then Christie's like, he, look at this, you're talking in, in your 30-second sound points. And then he said the same thing, even. The it, was, same it was the same exact soundbite as before. Hey, Ty, uh, it was by Saturday the way, uh, Night Live. At Ty Johnson News on Twitter, spinning the dials radio style in New York City. Uh, do you have that audio clip, that exchange with yep. uh, Rubio and Christie? Yeah. This was, uh, I think, probably the, the high watermark of the debate that uh, Rubio actually looked a little weaker and Christie looked a little bit better. Oh. Here's the exchange. Everybody, I want the people at home to think about this. That's what Washington, D.C. does. The drive-by shot at the beginning with incorrect and incomplete information, and then the memorized 25-second speech that is exactly what his advisors gave him. See, see, Marco, Marco, the thing is this. When you're president of the United States, when you're a governor of a state, 
the, the memorized 30-second speech where you talk about how great America is at the end of it doesn't solve one problem for one person. They expect you to plow the snow. They expect you to get the schools open. And when the worst natural disaster in your state's history hits you, they expect you to rebuild their state, which is what I've done. None of that stuff happens on the floor of the United States Senate. It's a fine job. I'm glad you ran for it. But it does not prepare you for president of the United States. Okay, that's the that's the setup to it. Then here's the exchange with Marco Rubio. You know what the shame is, Marco? The shame is that you would actually criticize somebody for showing up to work, plowing the streets, getting the trains run back on time when you've never been responsible for Chris, that in your entire life. Okay. And the, he didn't want to go back. And, and the fact is, I went back. It got done. And here's he didn't something. Go back, I went back. Oh, so uh, wait a second. Is now one of the, the skills you get as a United States Senator ESP also? Chris, everybody, I don't he think said you weren't going to go back. The fact is, Marco, he told everyone he wasn't going to go back, and they had to shame him into going Marco, back. Marco, because and then when he decided to go back, he criticized the young lady, saying, "What Marco, am I supposed you know to do? What? Go back with a mop? By the way, clean up the flood. It gets, it it gets very, back. it gets very unruly when he gets off his talking. Thank you, Governor. I, I will mention you. It's your listen, record. It's not listen, a talking point. It's listen, your record. It was awesome. My beloved partners, I believe we may have been prevented owing to stratospheric difficulties uh, when we were earlier with our dear audience from uh, the the, the short uh, definition of the uh, profiles, the executive profile versus the legislative profile. And as it turns out, uh, humbly, this was the entire basis, as predicted, of Christie's attack on Rubio, was it not? It was... I am an executive. I'm a CEO. Governors are CEOs. We have to make decisions every day. We say it and it's done. And we get you know blasted for it or we get credit. But either way, that's what we do. It's the executive profile. The legislative profile is a senator. One of 100 great intellects who nevertheless have ever been one of 100 and they're there to compromise and to go to committees and to make speeches. You can't point to anybody's, you know, virtually ever can you point to anybody's exceptional uh, uh, accomplishments as a United States senator because it is, by definition, a deliberative collective body. You're not a CEO. And, and this is what uh, this is what Christie did tonight. And if I may, uh, as a as just as a. Uh, connection so we don't bury our lead who won all sorted out who improved their position based on the strategic imperatives of what they needed to do or not do tonight guys skip uh, yeah yeah we can run down them one by one if you want um i would say uh the interesting thing, I think the two front runners, at least by the polling in New Hampshire, being Trump and Rubio, I think both of them were, were very weak tonight. I mean, uh, Cruz has a lot, to, or excuse me, Trump has a lot to give up, so it probably didn't hurt him right. a lot. Well, but that's what I meant by like all good. sorted out. There were a lot right. of forces that canceled each other out. But right. once you cancel them out, like when you say no one is greatly, you know, in terms of our individual opinions you know if no one greatly improved or deflated their position in our opinion when you take all that away and you say was there someone who net improved or deflated their position especially based on maybe a target that they had anybody do that um, I would say no. I would say, uh, generally speaking, most of these candidates, um, their positions are well known. This being what the eighth, ninth debate at this point, uh, their positions are well known. I think most people, um, even if they the polls do say they are undecided, have a pretty good idea yeah. of who they're going to go for. Um, I don't think anybody hurt themselves tonight. I don't think anybody particularly helped themselves tonight. I, I would say maybe, maybe Chris Christie, you know, got himself, you know, that fourth position or something. A maybe. Points. I don't think, but he if anything, that's only setting top. him up to be a Knocked vice president the, or cabinet or, or yeah, something okay, like that. Saying. I mean, nothing to actually be able to get the nomination. No, I think at this point too, it's clear it's going to be Trump, Trump, Cruz, or Rubio. Those are he, the only three that matter at this point. I think. But I wonder if Rubio and Trump hurt themselves enough to give Ted a little bit more momentum. Yeah, I don't Cruz. think so. I mean, maybe. I mean, he's only uh, at this point going into this five points back in third place behind Rubio. 
you know, maybe it does help a little bit. I don't think Rubio made a good showing. I don't think Trump did. In fact, um, the other interesting exchange, I think the other big note, was the Donald Trump eminent domain. Not only is he powerfully wrong on eminent domain, but the audience did not react well to it. And then he took on the audience, and they didn't like that. Do we have that clip, Ty? Yes, yes, we do. Let's, let's get to that. This was ugly for him. Eminent domain is an absolute necessity for a country, for our country. Without it, you wouldn't have roads, you wouldn't have hospitals, you wouldn't have anything. You wouldn't have schools, you wouldn't have bridges. You need eminent domain. And a lot of the big conservatives that tell me how conservative they are, I think I'm more than they are, they tell me, oh, well, they all want the Keystone Pipeline. The Keystone Pipeline, without eminent domain, it wouldn't go 10 feet, okay? You need eminent domain. And eminent domain is a good thing, not a bad thing. And what a lot of people don't know, because they were all saying, oh, you're going to take their property. When somebody, when eminent domain is used on somebody's property, that person gets a fortune. They get at least fair market value. And if they're smart, they'll get two or three times the value of their property. But without eminent domain, you don't have roads, highways, schools, bridges, or anything. So eminent domain, it's not that I love it, but eminent domain is absolutely, it's a necessity for a country. And certainly it's a necessity for our country. Okay, first of all, he's... colossally wrong on that quite often people do not get uh fair market value far less than it's worth exactly they get hosed on this but value is also not monetary value the value of a piece of property isn't just in the monetary value you may love it but you may have built it with your own hands 40 years ago or your grandfather at the turn of the war so he's wrong on that and i would be willing to bet that most uh most people on the right or in the audience, if they understand eminent domain at all, are going to probably disagree with Donald Trump. But anyways, we've got a clip with an exchange with him and Jeb Bush on this. But I want to go right ahead to him challenge, uh, challenging the audience. We have another clip where the audience boos him. And I want you to hear their reaction to, to him and his thoughts on eminent domain. We needed tickets. You can't get them. You know who has the tickets for the I'm talking about to the television audience, donors, special interest, the people that are putting up the money. Who it is? The RNC told us we have all donors in the audience. And the reason they're not loving me, the reason they're not, excuse me, the reason they're not loving me is I don't want their money. I'm going to do the right thing for the American public. I don't want their money. I don't need their money. And I'm the only one up here that can say that. And it went on. Uh, they kept booing him, Jay. That was not good for him. Well, um, a few things. Number one, I respectfully and affectionately, uh, I'm not sure I disagree, but have a, a, a different uh, opinion on win or loser. To If you sort out where everyone started and where they finished, Christie needed to assassinate Rubio in order to in order to have a life, in order to be, you know, even on the resuscitator. And he did. He savaged. It's very rare that one candidate, especially in a multi-candidate field, you know, as we've seen with the Democrats, right? You've got Hillary and, you know, Marvin O'Kelly, whatever his name was, and, and Boynia Bestids. You know, you've got three of them. And if you ever want to see the personification of addition by subtraction, you take Marvin O'Kelly out of there and they go for each other's throats like jackals, you know, over (laughs) wounded carrion, you know. So so we see the difference. It's very rare that in a multi-candidate field, guys, on a stage. Seven of them. You can you can single you can single out. You know, uh, uh, a, a an animal for you know biting its neck off, and tonight <laughs> Christie went after Rubio, and he pretty much was the only one who obviously uh, had that as his principal, primary, maybe exclusive game plan. I have in my life, in my living, you know, this is what I've done for my living. I've never seen in any debate, anytime, anywhere, anybody so obviously target successfully and savage somebody uh you know a, a prick the pin the pin you know use the pin prick of that balloon to deflate another candidate the way christie did rubio tonight we'll see over look, and over you know, again we'll, 
We'll see whether it makes any difference, but you're right. But you're right. I agree. I think it was over and over again, and I think that makes Christie the winner, not the winner over everybody, just the improver of his position. Um, I'll give you secondly, that. That's fair. On eminent domain, um, you know, not a lot of the problems in your life or mine are simple. You, know, we'd like them to be, but. Eminent domain has been upheld by this United States Supreme Court since the early 1800s. There's a reason. When the United States military needs to build a naval base, when someone needs to build a hospital, they need to be built. You know, and it's this conundrum, right? And without getting into the weeds on this, it is abused and it's especially abused when, in the most recent test case in Connecticut, a family farm. And Skip, thank you so much for mentioning. This is a matter of something your great-grandfather built and that your family has lived in. How do you put a price on that? And you can't. And if you do, the landowner still gets screwed. But, but eminent domain must be in the law, but we must not have people who would abuse it. And Trump would. Because eminent domain is where a guy rides around, sees some houses, and says, you know, all those houses pay a combined $28,000 a year in land taxes. If I put up a pizzeria and a shoe store there, I could give the politicians $100,000 a year to buy votes with. And they go and they take people's houses. So it's not a matter of whether eminent domain is up or down, automatically good or bad. Uh, Lastly... um, I mean, it's a matter of, you know, the Constitution versus some judgment, you know, some decency, some human judgment. And lastly, the audience. I think this is really important. I've talked about this a lot, and I believe deeply in it. And again, uh, okay, you guys ought to mock me or I won't feel right about this. I have taken twice candidates to New Hampshire and once won it. And I know a little bit about New Hampshire, but you know what? What I'm about to say has nothing to do about New Hampshire. It could be any state. When you manipulate the audience of an event, it's 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 who gets in. You manipulate what people at home think. Now, I, I won't get into the recent citations of who else, you know, sober, intelligent, real people said this other than me. But, you know, obviously the audience makes is a factor. And it is true. Trump may be off the hook, but he's not wrong about the fact that that audience was packed. Listen to the applause for Kasich. Look at the vote of Kasich. Listen to the applause for Bush. Look at the vote of Bush. Listen to the, you know what I mean? I mean, there there is no match between the support in that audience for the liberal slash moderate Republicans and their actual support. And I'm sorry I talked so long, but that's... No, no, no. I, I, I I'm, I'm always happy to hear that. your thoughts on that, but... Um, yeah, I, I I didn't disagree or don't disagree that the audience was stacked. I just think it was interesting that he had that reaction. And again, he's not going to lose twenty points because of it. But does he lose a little? It bit? It may be stupid, you know. It may yeah, be stupid yeah. to raise it. Well, and an exchange like that may hurt Donald Trump down the road. Uh, I mean, unless something catastrophic happens to him, he's going on to South Carolina. Unless something catastrophic, he's going to be there Super Tuesday. Right. But will this hurt him on a Super Tuesday because there were a lot of other people around the country watching tonight? And I don't I don't think so particularly. I mean, a lot of people were saying, too, that the whole audience was stacked, too, and I'm sure there probably was to a small extent there. But let's keep in mind, there were only 1,000 tickets. There were 1,000 seats in this auditorium, too. That is the hottest ticket to uh, uh, in the country this weekend, and I'm including the Super Bowl in that. It was not going let's to be skip, easy if, to if get in were, there. If we're 25 people in a small studio audience, like a game show, all, no, I understand what you're you saying in terms of audio. Size. You know this. All you need is an audio engineer. Whoever's mixing this determines what you hear from the crowd. Yeah. And there's no question that what you heard from the crowd tonight, if you came down from Mars, you'd say, well, this guy, who's this guy? Kasich. They're wild for him. Jay, did you have an opportunity to watch the uh, Democrat debate uh, the other night, Hillary and um, and Sanders? I did. It was a coin flip between uh, uh, dental surgery without anesthesia <laughs> and watching that. 
and I, I, I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was. That. I thought it was great, it being that there was only two of them too, because no, they challenged each other. They actually did something that has not really happened much. A little more now at the GOP debates, and that is somebody challenging anybody. Which is a travesty. We really should have been seeing that. That's why they should have been had f- yeah. m- much, much fewer people in these debates much earlier to actually get a little bit of that interaction. What, between what we've games. gotten is either a calculated sabotage uh-huh. or softball questions Absolutely. as opposed to just, wait a minute, you just said this, but your record says that. And, and back and forth challenging. I thought it was great. I would like to I see that wondered, from the GOP debate. I, mean, I was at Area 51. Is that the right 51? I was an Area 51 skeptic until a couple nights ago, until I picked up a broadcast obviously intended for the <laughs> in, inhabitants of Jupiter. And, uh-huh, I, and, uh-huh. I, and I, I, what planet was this for? The, the, all they did was other people's stuff. You know, our money, yep. our stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll give this. Oh, no, 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 wait. I'll give twice as much. You know, no, no, I'll give much more than that. You know. All right, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to open up the phone lines. I know that you probably have a lot of comments. Uh, 888-900-3393. The number, 888 Get the calls in, and uh, we'll get to them next. You can also tweet at the program. Use the hashtag GOP debate. It's at Doc Thompson Show, at Skip Lacombe, at J underscore Severin. Your thoughts coming up next on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to reactions and analysis of the GOP debate, the Blaze Radio Network. Now, a special presentation, reaction and analysis of the debate from the Blaze Radio Network. Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe along with Jay Severin for post-analysis and mockery of the GOP debate tonight from New Hampshire. Of course, Tuesday, the New Hampshire primary, so everybody's jockeying for position. I am a little bit shocked that um, we didn't see somebody really try to go for it. I mean, I guess Chris Christie trying to take down Marco Rubio, Yeah, but nobody really... Yeah, You think there was more beyond that? Well, no. I mean, I think, I think again, when you, you think sort that was the it one? all out and you yeah. do the plus minus on everything, I, I, I think that what stands out is that Christie eviscerated. I'm not. I'm for Cruz, but right. I think Christie eviscerated Rubio. First time I've ever seen Rubio this flustered. And oh frankly, yeah. Other than in, the water bottle. Mortified <laughs> by, as you said, as you and Skip said earlier, by repeating, you know, Rubio would say, all you do is a soundbite and end it with God bless America. And he'd say, how dare you? God bless America. You know, I, it was, you know, I, I, I think I think that's going to hurt Rubio. I think it's going to retard his surge. But in the end, at the net, 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 does it. What does it change? And I'll go back to what we talked about at our first show uh, on The Blaze earlier this evening. I think the prospects that New Hampshire could end up with this vote wildly split, you know, seven guys each with 16% is a real possibility. And, And the cherry on top of that, I would add, and we all ought to be embarrassed by this memory, uh, it seems to me as Americans, John Huntsman got 17% of the vote in New Hampshire yeah. four years ago. What does that tell us? I'm not entirely sure, but I'm mortified by it. I would say that probably New Hampshire and New Hampshire, people from New Hampshire oh, are probably. a little bit more progressive when it comes to that. Exactly um, so. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently um, the only things that really politically rattle Marco Rubio is Chris Christie and a powerful thirst. Those are the things that will (laughs) really... All right, let me get some calls. 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. No, my point was not that uh, Christie didn't do it. You're right. I think he eviscerated him. I think he did really well. I'm shocked that somebody didn't... Well, I guess this does play into it, but or, or Christie does play into that. That somebody else at the low end, a, uh, a, a Carson, even a Kasich was kind of in the middle. 
or a Bush didn't say, I got to do something. I'm going to step from behind the podium. I'm going to... And th- throw a stick at dynamite. Right, at I'm going to do. So, I'm right. going to go crazy right. here. I mean, if it's me, I'm saying this. If I'm Carson, I'm there. I'm saying this is my last hurrah. I got to do something. Last here. chance saloon. Yeah. Um, um, real fast. Uh, before Consider, you go to the phones, oh, real yeah, fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. According to Google, we're listening to Ty. Uh, yeah. bef- according to Google, Trump mm-hmm. was the most searched mm-hmm. person in 48 out of the 50 states. Cruz won mm-hmm. one state as far as people. Wyoming, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Rubio was the most searched. I don't know if that what that means, but that's how the numbers worked out. You want to put that in some? I would. Well, um, no, no. I, I just certainly think that yeah, the people of New Hampshire are certainly looking, being as though they're going to be the next people who are going to be going out to vote for this. Um, and while you guys are absolutely right too about uh, Christie going after Rubio, um, I think eviscerated is probably a little tough. I don't think that the attack is going to hurt him as much as. Uh, as thought, I think he is surging at the right time too, um, and Rubio does have a little bit of that progressive establishment um, angle too that will actually help him in New Hampshire. You think? Hampshire. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. even tonight, which shocked me when it came to Gang of Eight, uh, mm-hmm. you know, amnesty, he he had a chance to completely renounce it. He didn't. All right, to those phone calls now, 888-900-3393. In Washington, let's go to TMB Shill. You are on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, guys. What's happening? Hey. Real quick, a funny story. My six-year-old daughter comes in and sits down and listens to Trump talking about eminent domain and then doubtfully asks me, is that true? (laughs) Uh, I was like, well, she's not a Trump supporter. (laughs) <laughs> your six-year-old daughter has more sense okay yeah so chris christie did some real damage to ruby tonight and even though his points were about first-term senators he never piped in when cruz was talking because cruz doesn't stick to those talking points cruz talks right off the cuff knows what he's gonna say and is ready and never sounds like he's using those talking points otherwise chris christie would have jumped right in and said something well, in this, now, you're now right, because TMZ they're not ended. direct competitors. It's like if you sell Volkswagens for a living as opposed to selling Ferraris right. without assigning value to either one. I'm just saying, you know, Christie knows that, you know, he's got to focus uh, as much as possible on his direct competition. The only way that he lives or dies is to take down Rubio. No sense him trying to take down Cruz. It's a different vote. Cruz's vote is conservative. Christie's going for the, the John Huntsman vote. Right. TMB Shell, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate the support. Um, I, I got to stop for a moment and mention this nonsensical argument that Chris Christie and, and Jeb Bush was happy to chime in on because he a, was a governor yeah. as well, where they're like, uh, you're. It, it, President Obama has has killed America. This is what a first-term senator does. President Obama isn't killing America because he was a senator and not a governor. It's because he's a nutball progressive, (laughs) you idiots. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a communist. Right. That's that's my point. And then number – which they are more in line with based on their political views than than even a Rubio is. But – but the other thing that's frustrating about it is when they keep saying uh, lack experience, lack experience. Nobody's experienced when they become the president because there's only been 44 of them, you knuckleheads. Right. And there's only Great a couple point. living ones today. Now, you can Great get a point. little bit closer to it. But these governors where he's talking about you got to get the snow plowed. Well, you know, the president does a lot of snow plow and signs a lot of, uh, you know, orders people to plow a lot of snow. And I don't know how being a governor prepares you to send troops into, you know, into combat or how to deal with uh, Putin or uh, Iran or whatever. It's a nonsensical well, There is no preparation for that job. Yeah. I would respectfully enter, again, in evidence, this notion that being a governor is and is perceived as being different, you know, as a CEO executive role yeah. than being a legislator. And the, the, if you, it, all we need to do is look at the relative or comparative success of governors in recent nominating processes and becoming president than senators. Uh, Senator Obama was the exception, mostly in our lifetimes and well before. Governors did much better than senators. 
All right, let's go back to the phones now. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three in wherever he is. Steve Cannon, you're on the Blaze Radio <laughs> Network. Steve Cannon. What's up, Steve? Skip. No date tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> no date tonight. No date tonight. Sorry. It's Saturday. I never have dates on Saturday. Uh, of course, oh, he could sorry. say something about Friday and a Wednesday. Yeah, they get the yeah. joke. Thursdays, they get the joke. <laughs> well, full disclosure, I'm a I'm a crew supporter by far. However, I'm not going to give it to him just because I'm a, a supporter of his. Uh, Chrissy did very well taking down Rubio uh, with his talking points. He, he repeated three or four times. And for, God forbid, a split second, I saw Jeb Bush is presidential. I, I wouldn't vote for him at gunpoint, but he had a moment that was, that was okay. I, I don't know where that came from. Trump was booed. And the the thing I hate about Trump is whenever I listen to him speak, aside from his looks and his tremendous this catastrophe that, is I, I I'm left with the question of how how are you going to do that? How are you going to do this? I'm going to make it the greatest. I'm going to make it the strongest. I'm going to make it the best. I keep asking how are you going to do that, and he never answers. With health care, we're going to replace yeah, it with yeah, something yeah. that'll be great. It's going to be it's going to be so good. The thing we're going to do with health care, you're going to love it. Everybody's going to love it. Everybody's going to have health care. It's not going to cost anybody anything. It's not going to cost the government <laughs> anything. Everyone's going to get free waffles as part of it. Everyone gets a trip to the effing moon. It's, awesome. it's going to be great. Don't don't ask me any questions about how. It's, it's going to be great. Thousand flapjacks. I know. That's right. I know that man. By I mean, you, you you remember the OJ trial. An OJ's notepad. I'm thinking about writing the book, A Time for Stupid, where it's all little cartoon drawings <laughs> and crayons and tremendous this and beautiful that, and Huge. we're going to win and sell it. Steve, let me uh, ask you Chris, a question. Chris, which a is, let me ask you a question, Steve, which is, in the end, horribly reminiscent uh, of, of uh, Jimmy Carter having been president oh, of the United States, God but not directly, big. okay? Do that Here's my question. When a guy goes to the doctor and he smoked six packs of unfiltered camels a day <laughs> for 40 years, <laughs> and the doctor says, I've, I, I'm sorry, but I see a spot on your lung here, and the guy says, the poor bastard says, how is that possible? <laughs> okay, so here we are as Americans, we twice elected Barack Hussein Obama. Bernie Sanders is winning the Democrat nomination, uh-huh. is running equal to Republicans for president of the United States. And we look at this and say, well, how is this possible? And, and the answer, like Jimmy Carter was, got a mirror? Go look in one. Yeah, um, I, I'm telling my girlfriend's kids who are in their 20s, I'm in my mid-40s, how is it Good possible you, that we are, are, are considering an avowed, publicly announced socialist, which the kids today don't even know what the word socialist means, how is he even considered? It, it astounds me because the kids today don't know what socialist is. A 25-year-old, what's all he's for the people. You mean Obama's running for a third term? Yeah. All right, Steve, thanks so much for the phone call. We're going to get a couple more phone calls in there, too. My hero. Yeah. Me, too. Absolutely. Triple eight, nine hundred. Wherever you are. Can I get the phone number? Triple eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the phone number in Texas. Uh, Fumi, you are on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you? Fumi. Oh, must have have heard F. That's that's Summy. Oh, it's Summy. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, God, Skip. Yeah. Um, uh, the part that That's I really um, uh, caught on to was uh, was when uh, uh, Chris Christie was uh, making the the um, the jab at uh, at Rubio and uh, he was big tonight about uh, about how um, uh, how t- how typical things are in Congress as if uh, as if he was any uh, any different. I, I mean. <laughs> The positions of power are all the same down to local level. I've I've met uh, people that that got out of local office that said, you know, getting out of that comes over the, with a withdrawal period. So it's as true for him as it would be for anyone else he might accuse. Sumi, with respect, 
I, I, I must disagree. Having spent my life in politics and representing politicians, and it's, you know, I'm ready for my crucifixion, Mr. DeMille. But, but you know, having pleaded guilty to that, let me say, when people live their lives and they remember, if at all, a senator, you know, when there is a hurricane, tornado, senator shows up and set, blows into town for a day, no pun intended, says, this is awful, tragic. The people of Oklahoma deserve, I'm going to submit to the president a bill, and you never hear from the bastard again. <clears throat> a governor shows up with truckloads of food and water. Well, not not before Glenn Beck does, and, and <laughs> Doc and Skip, but they eventually, you know, governors show up because they can. Because they can, they can, they can pick up the phone and say, "Get food and water to this and place." Hey, and hey, and a, a senator can't. That's right. And a governor can can close bridges for political purposes, and a senator yes. can't do that. Yes. Although yes. a senator can shut down the entire government. That's true. So yes. there's yes. that. Yes. That. yes. <laughs> I'm not All saying right, they're th- good. I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying they're different. They're, they're different. That's it. All right, Sammy. So, mean, thanks so much for the phone call in Texas. One uh, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the phone number. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We'll get some more calls coming up. I want to get some tweets in. Uh, you can use GOP hashtag GOP debate like everybody else, but uh, you're going to probably reach us a little quicker if you do at uh, Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe or at J underscore Severin. You can also do at Ty Johnson News because Ty's with us as well. Um, There were some uh, interesting statistics we want to run down, too, some things from the debate tonight. First of all, just do uh, who spoke the most. Uh, Rubio got the most time, 18 minutes. Uh, Cruz got 17 and a half minutes. Trump, 15 and a half. Chris Christie, Uh almost 14. Now, wait, wait, sorry. What what were those three names again? Rubio, Cruz, Trump. Okay. Okay. And then uh, Christie, Bush, Kasich, and Ben Carson had... uh, Almost nine minutes, eight eight forty six. Who? So, uh, ben, apparently, uh, there was a, a doctor who's in this race. Ben, his name is Ben Carson. <laughs> no, no, Rand Paul. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, there, sorry, yeah, sorry. Oh, right. Right. Said Rand Paul. He, uh, he bailed out of the. Uh, can, race. can you guys explain? I think we know who the to... next postmaster general of the United <laughs> States is going to be. I mean, come on. Who who has who has qualified himself outstandingly to be the mailman in chief? But oh, man, Kasich, opposed by, I think he said Toastmaster. I was like, oh. the Kennedys. I don't know what they're <laughs> George Jessel. <laughs> you guys explain something to me real fast? Happy to. What do you need help with? What the heck was happening in the beginning of that debate? I don't want that to get lost. They forgot about Kasich completely. What was Dr. Ben doing? What was going on in the he beginning of the debate? He claims that he was supposed to, they told him he was going to be called out second. And so he started walking out, and then they didn't. So he just st- stood there instead of turning around, and then everybody just walked uh, behind him. I don't know what was pretty going on embarrassing, Kasich, though. though. Yeah, he very just stood embarrassing. there, and then Kasich, they, they forgot about him because Christie had to say, "Do you want me to call out Kasich?" And they forgot about him completely. Yeah, that's a fail well, on their you part. Know, yeah, they hold the majority opinion. <laughs> hey, oh, good morning. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll get some more calls here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three in Florida. Brian, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. What's up, Brian? Brian, yeah, hi. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for the call. Um, so, assault on Ted Cruz in like the first portion of the debate. Um, do you think that was strategic by the moderators, or do you think that was just a common theme going Refresh around? my memory. Which piece were you talking about from the moderators? Because the, can- the other candidates really didn't attack Cruz this time. Last debate, they right. savaged him. But what was the question? I think it was totally on the moderators' part. I feel like the whole first part of the debate, they were just like going after everything he said, or Cruz said this about you, now what is your response? Okay. Yeah, I recall they challenged him on a couple. A couple. I didn't think it was unfounded. I thought they asked him some tough questions. But did did you take it that way that they seemed like they were really going after him? Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm like a basic cruise supporter. I'm not like a super mm-hmm. hardcore or anything like that. And I felt like that's the implication that I got from it was. What that did you they think, kind Jay? Of... Well, not to be a one note Jimmy on this, but the again the I feel once. The mood is set, and the audience and the moderators are lubricated 
if you will pardon the expression, Drunk. by the audience reaction. Come on. They're human beings. They get a feel behind their backs of what garners applause uh, and what garners booze. They're playing to the audience, yeah. Well, I I believe that, and you know, I I want to cite Kathleen Hall Jameson of the University of Pennsylvania, now visiting USC, professor of media, who, for better or worse, is recognized as the such as it is the number one media, you know, analyst academically in the country. Said on NPR the other day, the first thing I would do is take the audiences away. You want great debates? Take away the audiences. Good Make call. them debate, you know, between the two or three or five or whatever it is. And, 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 I, and I think, Brian, that what we were seeing there, you and we were seeing there, was that once they got a sense of what the audience was, please, please, don't tell me no one is encouraged, discouraged, or swayed in any way by what they anticipate the audience reaction, you know, is is going to be. And well, yeah, it becomes because, a feeding frenzy one way well, or yeah, the other. Well, if, yeah, if you're at home and you're watching this and you're like, uh, and you're undecided, you don't have as much information, you're looking at this and they're like, oh, the crowd really likes it, so I must like Jeb then too. Yeah, because there's huge said, applause right, or there are boos. Right. Don't tell me that doesn't yeah, you know, sure affect does. anybody. Brian, thanks so much for the call. Yeah, thanks for uh, checking. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, we lost him. Oh, I'm sorry. That was mine. A little fast on the trigger finger there. Um, a couple Certainly of booze things in my house. Noted. Yeah, yeah. The booze uh, certainly influence uh, influence us around here. They definitely influence Skip. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been influenced by booze tonight, yes. That's right. Uh, interesting thing. Uh, early on, Marco Rubio comes out and says that one of the things that – the moderators brought up a good question. They said, what have you accomplished? Uh, you know, Rick Santorum basically couldn't say one thing that you've accomplished recently. What have you accomplished? Blah, blah, blah. And one of the things Marco Rubio said, he said he brought accountability to the VA. And I was like, I didn't know he was in Virginia. What accountability? Because I know he's not talking about the Veterans Administration because there's no accountability Are you there. Me? Are you kidding? Me? He said, I brought accountability to the VA. I ask you millions of vets. Do you think there's accountability yet at the VA? Now, I mean, at this point, even discussing the topic of the Veterans Administration is a, me is a poison pill for anybody who's actually in government. If you've been a senator or a congressman uh, for any period of time, you can't even talk about the Veterans Administration anymore because it is just a poison pill. You will be attacked for it as of why have you not done more. So at this point, anybody to try to actually use the Veterans Administration as an example of what they've done, that is just about the worst case you can possibly make. It's a, it's a campaign The national fail, police and it's horrible. that don't exist ought to be created for the purpose of them marching out on stage in jackboots at that moment and <laughs> bending Rubio's head back and washing his mouth out with soap and like waterboarding him just for saying that. Until a veteran of this country can go into any hospital anywhere and get a same-day appointment with the best doctor in the world that's, that is, specializes in his malady, this is not welfare. This is quid pro quo, and, and we're getting the better deal. They deserve that, and until that's so, how dare you say that we've, like, fixed it? Yeah, I'm looking for giant boxing glove on a spring <laughs> that would just pop them right in the mouth when they say that stuff. Seriously. Um, it was really cute, I thought. Wait, I think uh, that... I have that. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was really cute, though, how uh, John Kasich throughout the evening really thought that people cared about what he was saying. Um, I had to correct I some of the things tweet. he said on, on him and Ohio. Um, I, I'm from Ohio. Uh, I lived in Ohio during part so of it's John your fault. Kasich's. It's my fault. Uh, John Kasich is at best uh, misrepresenting himself, the record, and how well Ohio is doing. Although, if we're going to win Ohio, we need somebody like Kasich in there. No, not Ohio doesn't really. Well, matter. you know, if you're going to win over your male supervisor, you need to let him make love to you. I mean, you know, I mean, what? You know, Kasich is not a. He's just been endorsed by the New York Times and the Boston Globe. Yeah, you're out then. You're done. I, what, what do you say to that other than, you know, nice endorsements, wrong party?
<laughs> right? I mean, that's one of those ones. If if I run, I'm going. No, no, I I strongly reject that endorsement. It's like when uh, you know <laughs> the KKK comes out and endorses people, and you're like, well, I didn't ask for that. They're just you know. That's what you got to do with the New York Times here. You got to be I'm sorry, done. I'm out. I don't... It's the equivalent of the ra- racist robocalls, <laughs> right. you know, in New Hampshire. You know, I mean, that's that, the New York Times endorsement ought to be the equivalent of a racist robocall. You know, the third rail used to be uh, Social Security. Now it's the New York <laughs> Times endorsing you. That's what it is. All right, uh, we're going to get more of your calls coming up. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Get those tweets in at Doc Thompson Show at Skip Lacombe at J underscore Severin and at Ty Johnson News. We'll take some of your tweets coming up next, as well as some interesting stats from tonight's debate in New Hampshire. This is a special post-debate presentation, reaction and analysis of the GOP debate on the Blaze Radio Network. and analysis of the debate from the Blaze Radio Network. Doc Thompson, Skip McCone, Jay Severin, and Ty Johnson, all with uh, post-debate analysis from the debate uh, between the Republican candidates for president, at least the ones that are left and had enough of a falling that they let them on stage tonight, meaning Carly Fiorina and Jim Gilmore. I'm going to go ahead and say it, unfortunately not there. <laughs> no, not that I wanted more people on stage, but... Um, I would take those two over a couple of people on stage tonight. I'll give you that. Yeah, I definitely don't want to increase the yes, numbers. Yes, sir. Ty has, uh, I think I'm right about this. Ty, you have, uh, uh, you have the uh, Carly audio, yes? Let's All right, get this. Ty's about to roll this. Carly Fiorina, uh, for those who didn't notice, was not on the stage tonight. She hosted she a veterans benefit right down the road. I'm sorry? She hosted a veterans benefit down the road, right? Where she for veterans, she wasn't <laughs> either that or a Vegas. Uh, you know, okay, act. Okay. I don't know. You're but, serious for uh, a second. She objected really vociferously, but most of us had no idea how vociferously she objected until she took the unprecedented step of making a television commercial and buying it all over the country. To attack ABC News for not including her, Ty. Saturday on ABC, the Anybody But Carly Network, the Republican presidential debate. Tune in as we exclude Carly Fiorina, but include people she beat. On Anybody But Carly, we rig the game. She's rising in the polls, beat Kasich and Christie in Iowa, tied with Bush and delegates. And unlike all of them, she has actually won debates before, taking it to Hillary Clinton like nobody else can. But on Disney's ABC, we've frozen Carly out, turned the debate inside out, all part of our Mickey Mouse operation. (laughs) Oh, man. That is that is a tremendous ad. Nicely done. Good, good job. How about that? That's how awesome. about that? Wow, that's uh, good for her. She hey, tweeted throughout way, as well. She tweeted well, throughout the, the event way, saying none of them were leaders, and she ripped pretty much everybody on the stage right. throughout the entire debate. You know and, what? Had she well, been that way, aggressive or assertive, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, she might not yes. have had that issue. Because the the question now is, what does that get you? Because that's very Trumpian in a way. That was a kamikaze spot. That was, yeah. you know, she might as well have like put the thing on her head and taken a belt of sake and driven her plane, you know, into the into the debate. I mean, that that's head for the okay. tower. Head for the tower. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I mean, now now it's over. It didn't get you on, but gee whiz, Did, what, is that you know, a bridge burner for with, for your VP pos, you know, pick or? I don't, I, I just, you know, to attack the media in our current culture does, you know, just doesn't seem that wise. I have a question for you guys by way of illustration. Um, wherever you stand on voter ID, i.e., you show up with a photograph voter ID or you 
your ass is kicked out of the polling place. You don't vote. The first ever time that happened, do you, and I'm putting you unfairly on the spot because I didn't know the answer to this. Do you know the first time ever that uh, the voter ID, photographic ID, was required in an American election in order to vote? I'm trying to think. No, I do not. It's a trick question. This Tuesday in New Hampshire. What do you mean? I mean, this Tuesday in New Hampshire is the first date on which a state law will take effect, which requires, uh, I guess, fairly quietly because, you know, I mean, normally you would think this would be a huge news, but uh, it's starting with and including three days from now in New Hampshire, you have to show a photo ID proving you are who you claim to be in order to vote. It's the first time it's ever been enforced, uh, applied and enforced in American elections. Oh, enforced. Okay, because I was going to say, I know some states already have that, um, but they, I think... You're yeah, saying, most of those states you could fill out a provisional ballot yeah, that exactly, would, or there's yeah. some sort of mechanism like that. I guess this will be the first one. Well, you could do that here if you claim you've been wronged somehow. Uh, the difference is what they've done is they've they've uh, they've uh, purchased cameras, <laughs> which is so in a way, you know, uh, you know, not exactly ultra, you know, space aged, but they have like purchased like Polaroid cameras. Remember those, anybody? Uh, yeah. For the election workers. And they will uh, take photographs of anyone who doesn't have a photo ID and they'll be able to cast a provisional ballot. So you guys are right. But it is, believe it or not, the first time it's actually going to be, or so they claim, enforced. Wow. Very interesting. All right, uh, Ty, I want to get uh, Ty Johnson into before we get back some calls. Ty, your thoughts uh, overall on the debate tonight. Anything uh, jump out at you that uh, you wanted to comment on? Um, Up until the second half where he talked about addiction, I was a little bit disappointed with Ted Cruz because with the heat off of him with Trump taking a lot of the the bullets, he didn't really stand out until he talked about the addiction Mm. with his sister. And I don't think he handled very well the opening comments about what his – what his team did in Iowa. And I thought Carson actually handled that really, really well. And I'm also surprised that they didn't ask Carson very many questions. I mean, I don't really care. He can't win. But it was just odd that they just skipped him for most of the night. But I don't think Cruz handled that very well. But he saved himself, I think, and humanized himself talking about that addiction because his flaw is that he's so robotic. And right that point. made him – his point. cadence changed, and he sounded like a regular person. And I think that may not help him – in New Hampshire, but I think it may help him big time down the road. His initial question, right after uh, I think Donald Trump had the uh, opening question, or one of them, and then then on to Ted Cruz, and I was like, wow, he really didn't answer the question. I was frustrated by that. Um, Then I thought some of his answers were, you know, about halfway through, like you said, it wasn't just that moment where he was humanized. I think his his answers got better overall. I think he really started. Well, I, I think it's what we've talked about with him in the past too. Is like the robotic nature of him too. That he is he is Bingo. best when he's speaking fast and off the cuff. When yeah. he when he actually gets away from the the prepared statements that him and his team had gone over, and when he has to actually just go off the top of his head, and he's passionate, and he's fast, and he's quick. That's when he sounds the best by far. All right, let's get some phone I calls. I think where Ty nailed this is, oh. as a media consultant, mm-hmm. uh, Ty nailed it in that when he said his cadence changed, slash, you know, he was more humanized as a result. The, pro- the, the Cruz's strength is ultimately, as is so often the case, also, uh, you know, his weakness. And that is, he's Princeton debating champ. That's great if you're at Princeton and you're debating. But if you are running for president of the United States, you know, uh, and half of the country, you know, they had a television show on earlier tonight. They were showing pictures of Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Jimmy Carter, uh, uh, Bill Clinton and and people on the street had no people who vote had no idea. Picture of Bill Clinton. Who's this? Uh, was he in the Eagles? I, you know. Yeah. I, I, 
All right, back to the phones now. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the phone number. Let's go to the Sunshine State on line twenty seven. Joel, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you, Joel? How you doing, guys? It's abnormal. You know, abnormal. Welcome. Abnormal. Hey, listen. You know what? I did learn tonight that uh, Kasich's father was a mailman, and he <laughs> likely. Um, he likely started his sixth grade newspaper and civics club. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, right. uh-huh. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, the question is, no, I, one which that, one of us is destined to inherit our, uh, you know, congenital job? I know. Well, I don't know, but you probably do pretty. You probably do better in the polls than him, Jack. I would say, <laughs> you ask me. You know, and I'll tell you when I was, I was, you know, because I do this with you guys a lot. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm back and forth with Doc on Facebook and um, and Twitter, and I listen to you guys all day long. And one thing that I caught in this debate that really grabbed me was how solid Dan Bongino is on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy is like, I'm like, I, I, I need to be vote for this guy because he's like hitting every every conservative point and he's nailing it. And it's like boom, boom, boom. It's like wow, Dan's um, awesome. Come on, admit yeah, it. You know, if you saw John Kasich outside your front door, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't your instant reaction be? Did I win the publisher's clearinghouse? <laughs> there you go. It's like, where's the camera in the van? Come on. Where's my money? Dig it out. Uh, yeah, but uh, one thing that Cruz, when he answered that first question, he's really got it with these people. And I, you know what? I kind of don't blame him because um, the minute I saw George Stephanopoulos sitting in front, I was thinking, why don't you just have Nancy Pelosi sit there? You know, really. Because uh, he was actually the, sitting the on her shoulders. Yeah, or, or I go lower. You know what I mean? Did you catch that? Doubtless. Yeah. Well, uh, when he answered that that first question, and he didn't answer the question, Doc was talking about being frustrated by it. I saw that that was a gotcha question all day long. Well, she, sure, but you got to be prepared for it. Still, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Abby. Was, thank that, you so much. Question. question, question, partners. Okay. If 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 we accept what we talked about in the earlier show to, tonight, okay. if there are three lanes, you know, outsider number one, outsider number two, conservative number three, establishment slash governor. Coincidentally, it ain't anything change. Who who no. who's in those lanes? Uh, I, I'd say I'd say it's Cruz. I don't think I don't think Trump helped himself with that back and forth with Bush. Um, I I think I think Trump's going to drop a little bit, and Bush. I, I don't I don't even understand why he's there. I know uh, give us a one, two, three, four. Uh, again, it, it, I won't hold you to this. Okay, but one, two, give three, us a one, four. two, three, four go, for the vote. I'm going to go Cruz, uh, Trump. And Rubio. All right. Thank you. That's what I see. Probably the same, actually, for me. Probably the same for me, Doc. What What was that? What was that again? Cruz, Trump, Rubio? What about you, Jay? Jeez, I don't know. Um, As of this moment, I think Trump, if if ever existed a 24-point lead, lads, then if you really had one... I don't think you can lose it if you, like, you know, kill your parents and and go on showbiz tonight to confess. I I just don't think you can lose a 24-point lead in five days. So I'd have to say Trump, though I think other people, you know, he ought to look over his shoulder. So I would say Trump, but declining. And and then I, I don't know. I think right now, subject to revision, Trump... Rubio, Kasich, Cruz. I, I I really think a guy like Kasich, maybe even Kasich and Bush before Cruz. I think Cruz is prepared for that. Um, I think your top three are still going to be those three: um, Trump, Rubio, Cruz. Not necessarily that order, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Thing, I don't think Kasich breaks into the top three. Could be he's put in the work, but with that amount of work, I would have thought that he would be higher at this point. 
Um, I don't think Bush goes anywhere. I think Christie will come up a little bit. I think Ben Carson's completely off the map. But um, just based on the polling, of course, you got to go Trump, Rubio, Cruz. However, and and you're right, erasing a 24%, uh, is it 24 points right now? Yeah, Yeah, more or less, yes. Okay, here's the thing. That sounds crazy, but I wouldn't be shocked if Rubio vaults it, just because we live in crazy times now, and and Rubio is is kind of surging. But I expect it to be Trump, Rubio, Cruz. A poll is only, as we know, a photograph of a horse race at that instant moment. Mm -hmm. It does not show us. It's on a film. It's on a video. It doesn't show us how much a horse has gained and is gained. You know, you look at a horse race and you say, well, look at this horse on the outside. It's obviously going to overtake the leader and win. But that, but polls don't tell us that. They poll us, they tell us what is happening at that instant, you know, at that moment. And right, Rubio as these horse race, clearly it's at this, it's at any given no, moment. No, no, it's those a horse, are- horse race, not... It's not a horse race. It's a horse race. The horse well, has to do with it. They're all whores. We know that. No, it's, it's a figure. It's an expression. And, and I would say even more so than a photograph of the current times, it's really more of like a, like a finger painting of the current times, too. It's not even as reliable <laughs> as a photograph. Good point. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the phone number. And Maryland, line 42. Juan, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you, Juan? Juan, are you there? Juan. Are you? I'm here. I don't know what's going on with the rest of the callers. Ted Cruz should be the president, hands down. He looked like the president. I mean, the only guy. He didn't look anything like Obama. Hey, Wait, 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 wait. wait. Obama is the president? (laughs) I, I don't think so. Obama's not a president. Obama's the kid in school that thought it was all right to break the rules and just keep it moving as long as he gets text messages. Juan, the question is, the question is, um, is it domestic or imported? Have you been into the cooking, Sherry, is what the doctor means. I don't want to answer that question when I call in. Quattro X's? The only guy all night was the one that I'll represent Ted Cruz. You think that was the only one? The only the only gotcha question was the one where they asked him and they said, You're promising your voters a lot and you're promising them promising them quickly that you're gonna do this and he said any executive order could be overwritten by another executive order. So I am going to do that fast. This guy is the president. Everybody well, that's not going to vote for Cruz is really stupid. And Juan, we can thank see you how so much. stupid the country is if they're not going to vote for him. Thank you so much for the call. I really appreciate it. How I come I didn't have as much next, time, ne- next week, I'm on vacation. Juan is filling in. I didn't me. have as much fun tonight <laughs> as Juan did. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Uh, you know what would be funny, uh-huh, though? Uh-huh. If 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 for some reason Trump loses, you know who we'd have to give credit to on Wednesday? Juan. Juan and Jeb. Oh, it, yeah. You'd have Heb. to because Heb would have been the one that kind of – he's the only one that kind of took him down tonight. If he was to lose for some reason, we'd have to give some credit to Jeb Bush. And would that keep him in the race longer? No, because if, you cause, took, no, no, cause it, cause if, if Jeb you is the one that helped take him do down, it was living. simply because of the microphone that his mother was using backstage to pipe thoughts <laughs> into his little earpiece. So give it to Barbara. And by the way, Jeb's going to still be part of this election in 2017. He'll still be running. He'll I think. still think he is, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's turn now. Uh, commercials for a living, and you had tonight, you had two really great sound bites you could use to make one Jeb Bush commercial. And it's the it, it it is the two times, I mean he had one really excellent answer on something I don't remember what it was, but he had one great and one really good answer which you could probably cobble together and make him look like he was, you know, knew what he was talking about. Right. Uh, but that's pretty much it. All right, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three in Ohio, line forty two. Mark, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you, Mark? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks a lot for taking Mark. my call. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. What were your thoughts on the debate tonight? Pleasure. Hey, um, my point was all about Trump, you know, and, and health care. 
he his his whole focal point tonight was you know we need to do uh, the government needs to do more for people so they don't die in the streets dying in the streets my god my good men dying in the streets <laughs> well i mean he had yeah. that great point he came out and said he was going to go ahead and make sure to repeal obamacare and replace it with something really awesome it's and then he be awesome then he explained that awesome thing but i think Huge. my feed cut out because i didn't hear, oh, hear yeah, that yeah. part because because people all over the country are dying in the streets dying <laughs> where, where my question is where are the two places in the country where people are dying in the streets. Chicago. Democrat-run cities. <laughs> Good Democrat, point. Democrat-run cities. And if you have to go to the VA. Wow. And he wants, ah, more, and he wants more of it. And he wants more of it. Wow, that's, you know what? You're it absolutely right. That's question. a great point. Thank right, you guys? So much for it ain't easy. You know, we have, we have emergency rooms, but... If you've ever been to one, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, no, no one no one goes without care because they can always go to an emergency room. That is technically true. But that's a, you sorry, can also that sit there and suffer and die, you know, before you get treatment because you don't have your own personal doctor. So it ain't it ain't easy. None this stuff ain't easy. But but that's a good point that he had though, too, is that these Trump's making this big deal about, you know, dying in the street and you're looking at this or whatever right. and, and health care and obviously Obamacare is an issue. But yeah, look at the other issues out there where people are actually dying. I thought that was pretty solid. Yeah, Time for no, one more call actually, here. Trump's Trump's point was no one dies in the street here. So Oh, know. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, time. Actually, yeah, we we'll probably don't have time for another call, actually. All right, uh, let's just uh, wrap this up here. So uh, one more. Give me your rundown, uh, Jay Severin, because you called the last one. We wanted <laughs> top four. We know oh, you have no, these I don't. It's too, it's too early. You know, like they say, like uh, date nights point. or something, that Saturday mm-hmm. night is right. for amateurs. Uh, right. You know, I, I'm, I'm saying now, calling it now is for amateurs. Uh, I I, I'm, I'm going to wait, but I think it's going to be – uh, my preliminary estimate is Trump, uh, you know, Rubio, right. Cruz. So you will call it, though, next week, though? Yeah, Maybe oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, An hour before go. the polls open. I would say calling it this early is for pros because you're, uh, you've got those, that level <laughs> of skill. But that's okay. I understand. Thanks so much, <laughs> guys. Really appreciate your help. Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, along with Jay Severin and Ty Johnson News on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us on this, the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks, guys. You're listening to reactions and analysis of the GOP debate. The Blaze Radio Network. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-630-6720. That's 800-630-6720. 